0: Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, your weekly dose of plant-based news and chat with me, Holly Johnson. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Alona Paulde and Dr. Matthew Lederman, the pioneering physicians from the groundbreaking film Forks Over Knives. They're also New York Times bestselling authors. They're here to talk about their new book, Wellness to Wonderful, which outlines the nine pillars of living a happier and healthier life – But before we get started, I'd love it if you could take a moment today to fill in our survey at veganfoodandliving.com and you can be in with a chance of winning a plant milk maker worth £340. We'd really love to hear your views. Alona and Matthew, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: We are doing great. Thank you.
2: Yes, great.
0: So you are the pioneering physicians from the groundbreaking film Forks Over Knives, which I'm sure most of our listeners will have heard of. Um, If you haven't, then go and check it out. It started as a a documentary, um, then it sort of turned into books and now there's an app. Um, It's taken off so much, hasn't it, that the creator has quit his day job and kind of, you know, runs it as a full time thing.
1: Yeah, it was uh, an amazingly groundbreaking movie that touched a lot of people and brought really, really important information into light and made it relevant by bringing in stories and people's own experiences and then having um,
0: the reality
1: part of it where people can see in live time, you know,
0: what is happening when you
1: transition your diet.
0: So what's your background then? How did you both sort of get involved with the film? and?
2: So my background is internal medicine trained conventional you know, medical doctor and then started focusing on nutrition and lifestyle um, outside of that and uh, got involved with film because we opened a, a concierge medical practice treating patients this way and they were looking for someone in, in the area that could do that. And there weren't that many. <laughs>
0: What at what point did you kind of discover you know plant based eating you know during your studies? Presumably you weren't sort of vegan from birth. So well, why don't you start
2: because my yeah, so story I, follows. Right? Uh, so I, I started um, conventional medicine. Was really unhappy with how that was treating patients with chronic disease. Uh, and then through sort of experimenting on myself and and you know switching to a plant based diet. And, and feeling fantastic as a result, and then researching more around sort of the, the safety, you know, the protein calcium concerns that people have, uh, you know, combining proteins, you know, essential amino acids, all that stuff. Learn that hey, this is a fantastic, healthy, you know, life from you know serving diet, mm-hmm. and then through working with other people like John McDougall and Joel Furman, people who really been doing this for forty plus years saw how they were treating patients this way and said, wow, we're getting some fantastic results in days with diseases that we couldn't even touch, you know, and impact with conventional medicine. So we said, we got to do this. And that's where, you know, didn't look back since.
1: Yeah. And so I had a similar professional experience just being really dissatisfied with um, medical management of patients um, and not seeing them getting better over time and not really having more than pills and procedures to offer them. I also, though, had a very personal experience. My father, in my second year of medical school, passed away suddenly from a heart attack. And we had been living a Mediterranean diet lifestyle. And yeah, he cheated every now and then. He had high cholesterol, but he was on a statin. He was not eating beef. He was eating chicken and fish. You know, he was adding the olive oil, like doing all the things that his doctors were telling him to do. And it didn't work. And for me, I had a... Chinese medical background before Western medicine was now in Western medicine, and couldn't figure out what went wrong for someone at the age of fifty-five who was relatively healthy, doing what he was supposed to be doing, and just drops dead one day of a heart attack. And it um, it was so personally devastating and so professionally devastating that I too was thinking, you know, I don't know that I want to practice medicine because I don't I don't know the answers here. And um, I was really fortunate to meet Matt at along the way, and he was already delving into nutrition and lifestyle medicine. And therein, I found the answers, and I found what was missing in, you know what my father could have done differently, and I know would have had different results for him. Um, and it was a no-brainer to see how when people eat a whole food, plant-based diet, and they adopt that lifestyle their diseases reverse, they can prevent disease. I mean, it's just so impactful as a physician. It, Like Matt said, there's no turning back once you have that information.
0: Mm. It's so frustrating, isn't it, with all the research we have now and you know you still I mean I don't know what it's like over there in the states but you know here with the NHS which is kind of falling apart the seams unfortunately um you know nutrition is the last thing that ever gets mentioned and whenever I go to the doctors which isn't very often since you know eating a whole food plant-based diet um I I'm always the one to bring up you know diet they never they're like no it's nothing to do with that and you're like okay well Uh (laughs) but um yeah they're just they're just not interested and I think I'm I mean, I think, you know, certainly in the UK, it's down to um, just resource money. um, And I'm guessing it's the same over there.
2: Yes. And it's, um, you know, there's, it's where the incentives are, right? So you're sort of doctors are trained in a way that teaches them to use pills and procedures. So Mm. that's what they know. So that's the path they go down. And um, I think, there's some openness lately just because they're dissatisfied a lot of doctors are unhappy and not fulfilled with their jobs Mm -hmm. because it's not achieving the results that they were hoping to achieve when they got into medicine so Mm. I'm optimistic but the forces are are not aligned right now the path of least resistance is still not leaning in this direction
0: yeah I I can't remember who it was I interviewed it was a few years ago but we were talking about the fact that you can't really you know make a lot of money out of fruit and veg if you just prescribe those whereas if you're prescribing pills and things there's a lot more money <laughs> right. um so your new book wellness to wonderful that's um out now is that right yes it is yes, yeah it is. and that's not just focusing on diet it's focusing on the the sort of is it nine different pillars correct yeah, yeah. so tell us about those yeah
1: so you know matt and i are constant lifelong learners and very invested and passionate about health and well-being and how to optimize that. And that brought us from conventional medicine to incorporating nutrition and lifestyle, right? So there are a lot of elements that we already know go along with a healthy diet for health promotion, which are exercise and honing sleep. But what we noticed was even honing the, you know some of the um, parameters that we have associated with optimal health we weren't really optimized. We still felt tired and we had pains and aches. And we, you know, we, we, in taking inventory, we're thinking like, you know, life can be wonderful. I know it can be wonderful, right? But it doesn't yet feel that way. So what's missing? And in that, and in exploring and in researching, we came upon, we landed on these nine pillars um, that really are fundamental in, in um, achieving overall optimal health. Because, you know, we present them as an infinity. And it starts with a self. And, and it really starts with a connection, a self-connection that a lot of people are missing in this day and age. We're doing so much from the moment we wake up to when we go to bed, we're crossing, we're checking off boxes from a list. And we don't even connect to why. You know, we know, okay, I have to exercise, so I have to go to the gym, but I hate going to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. And so it's a struggle to get to the gym. But there are so many ways to meet needs for movement. I want to eat healthy, but I hate kale and broccoli. Well, you don't have to eat kale and broccoli to be healthy. So stepping out of that and really connecting to the self. And then once you can do that, allowing yourself to resource in an area that we call the internal world which is uh, your nutrition, your sleep, your activity, and your play, which is really important. And once you have the opportunity to resource yourself to replete from the exhaustion, the depletion, and the burnout that we are doing on a regular basis, then you are able to connect in a different way to your external world which is also really important, your friends, your family, the meaning and purpose that you get from your work, your spirituality, which is a connection to something greater than ourselves, and the beauty and, and health promoting benefits of the natural world. And all of those play into one another.
0: It's so hard to get that balance, isn't it, a bit of everything sort of aligning. And it's very rare that we kind of feel that, oh, I'm eating well, I've done my exercise whether like you say it doesn't have to be at the gym it could be a bike ride in the sunshine or whatever or but life is just so busy and it, you sometimes sort of stop and think what what is this world that we've created because it doesn't feel <laughs> doesn't feel quite right um what I mean stress I think is a huge problem isn't it and obviously we know that can lead to all kinds of problems whether it's you know not sleeping properly um disease um, overeating, you know, addiction with alcohol and drugs and things like that. How can we, um, how can we combat stress in our day to day life with with those pillars that you just talked about?
2: All right, well, stress, I think of more as a feeling. A feeling of there can be some tension, can be some fear, there can be some anxiety. Right, and when you get feelings, a big part of what we do is nonviolent communication. Right, we teach that. That's a big part of how to connect. Right, is is using that um, nonviolent communication, and in that we teach that feelings are basically messengers of when needs are being met or not met, and needs are everything from I have a need to. The accept you know acceptance and belonging to choice and autonomy to freedom to security and safety, right? I have need for food, right? Survival needs sustenance. So when you have needs that are not being met, we feel unpleasant feelings. When you have needs that are being met, you feel pleasant feelings. It's that simple. So when I feel stress, there's usually um, a couple of things. I don't. Sometimes I I. Uh, make choices in a way that I schedule myself so much that I can't meet needs for self-care. I'll feel overwhelmed, right? Because there's so many things I tell myself I have to do, right? But if I can step back to this needs-based consciousness, and then I let that drive my behavior, I can say, okay, well, what is my priority right now in this moment? Because NBC, nonviolent communication is very much about the present moment. And when you connect to yourself in the present moment, you can even say, wow, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling tension. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And you can say, okay, what's going on right now? And what needs are alive in me right now? Oh, I'm needing a little bit of just a second, a little bit of space to like take a deep breath and sort of check in and then prioritize. So a little bit of clarity around what's most important right now. So that's another need, clarity. Mm. And then I'm needing, okay, well, what actions am I going to take to meet whatever those needs are right now? That's more clarity and understanding. And then from there, you can start taking action. And this happens to everybody. It's not like me and Alona aren't walking around stressed at times, right? Where it's, I look at the nine pillars as nine beautiful children. And it's not like you get them to a certain place and you don't have to think about them anymore. For the rest of your life, you're going to worry about your children and you're going to tend to your children. And it's not that one is more important. It's whoever needs your attention right now. One's Mm -hmm. falling down the steps and one's needing help with homework. You're going to tend to the kid falling down the steps and then go over to the homework. And it's not that it's not work, right? Taking care of children is work. Mm. but where's the joy? The joy is in the work. And that's what it's tending to your nine pillars in the present moment. And having this awareness and consciousness is what makes life wonderful. It's not getting to some place where you don't have to think about it anymore. Mm. It's the actual work. It's almost like saying, if I could just if I could just adopt children when they're 18 years old and send them off to college, I won't have to do any work. <laughs> yeah. Right? But you lose all the joy of having your children. Yeah. So to me, that's where we want to shift our framework. It's not about getting to some place or everybody doing it right. It's about being able to tend to those nine pillars and being that self-connected in the present moment. Mm.
0: That's such a brilliant way to visualize it. That's sort of really helpful because I think, you know, it's, it's quite a long list, nine things, isn't it? And like you say, when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're just in the middle of everything and your to-do list is, you know, 20 things long and and everyone wants a piece of you, it's it's hard to kind of, take stock and and take a step back I guess that sort of mindfulness comes into it where you you have to be aware of you know that you are feeling stressed and just take that moment out to think how am I feeling what do I need we we heal that's some um, did you both found that or
1: yeah so uh that is the company that we found founded it's we heal um and it's meant it it has a double meaning purposefully. it's we heal, which we're offering that you know opportunity to support healing but also empowering others to heal. Um, and Wellness Wonderful is one of the first kind of steps into that. We heal also offers um, there's a large number of free information in the form of articles and blogs. Um, we offer seminars, classes, um, and then private health coaching and physician sessions so that people can feel, because a lot of times, you know, people get on to the momentum of a program and they get really excited and that momentum drives them for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of wanes because they don't have the support to sustain their success. And we heal really offers that opportunity and and our desire is to support people along their journey to wonderful
0: you've got some great recipes on there as well haven't you they're all good. yes whole food i think that they're sort of oil free and sugar free and things like that
1: yes we are very fortunate to work with a wonderful friend chef and health mentor coach um lisa rice and uh she has a ton of recipes on our site and also her own kitchen plantastic
0: what are some of the things that people come to you with then? What are some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the most sort of common problems that you think people are experiencing right now?
2: Well, we talk to people about when what you're doing isn't working, that's where we can really help, right? When all the pills and procedures aren't getting you where you want to go, you know, that's a it's a good sign that there's something more and we can help. So it's funny, when when I was in conventional practice, all the stuff that used to frustrate me because we the pills and procedures didn't help. That's all the stuff that I get excited to see now, mm-hmm. right? So people with everything from, you know, chronic fatigue and chronic pain and irritable bowel and, you know, mood disorders and stress and anxiety, you know, all that stuff, which is interesting, it affects your physical health, right? Disconnection, stress, all of that is pro-inflammatory right? So it's all connected. It's, it's really important that people understand that. And then there's tools. So they have to understand what's causing this. And it's, it's, it's beyond diet is so important, but there's other things in addition to diet. And then they need to know, okay, well, how do I reconnect? What does that mean? What do I do? Because it's not about having lots of friends. It's not about going out on lots of dates. It's something much deeper and more, more authentic and profound than that. And then it's how do I do that? I had to learn, I spent five years, four years getting certified as a nonviolent communication trainer, certified trainer. It's a it's a new education process. We've been educated in a way that has us say, has us think in ways and has us do things. So we say STD, say, think and do things in a way that disconnects us from ourselves and other people. And we can re-educate ourselves in a way that brings us closer together to what's alive in us. And to other people. And that promotes not only improved well being, but it affects the health, your physical health, and all sorts of disease outcomes from your microbiome, cancer, and longevity to um, sort of call cholesterol, blood sugar. So it's so important on so many fronts.
1: I think that's the thing. A lot of times that's what is uncovered under the layers. You know, people that come for, I want to lose weight, I have diabetes, I have heart disease. I have autoimmune conditions. Um, I just don't feel well. And and in that, there are so many people who, when you start peeling the layers, are disconnected, are isolated, are lonely, are stressed, are living in survival mode, are burnt out, exhausted, depleted, unhappy, you know, all of those things, and they all relate because just as an example, when we are unhappy in our lives, when, we are, when we're disconnected from our family and friends, when we don't have meaning and purpose in our work, we come home, we don't have the motivation or the desire to eat healthy. We're tired. We do not want to go and get movement in, right? So we don't support the habits. We're worried, we're stressed, we're thinking, it's hard to sleep. And all of those things, when we don't sleep, We eat more and we eat more unhealthy food. And that's scientifically shown again and again in in research. Um, And so it all, and there's why it's the infinity loop, because they all play into one another. And in the same way, when you start tending to them, they positively play into one another. So when you start finding that meaning and purpose, when you connect to self, you have the motivation to eat healthier to engage in movement to sleep optimally and that pays dividends back Your when you sleep well when you eat well when you feel good you can relate to the world around you in a more positive and connecting way so it just keeps feeding itself in these positives
2: right the the body in order to heal it's an active process it's not just getting rid of the whatever's causing disease and you're and it's an active process where the first step prepares for the second step, prepares for the third step, and your body needs to be in a state of safety. Your nervous system has to see the environment as safe for it to allow healing to progress, right? And there's this communication that's happening from the cellular level all the way, you know, to the brain, and they're talking. And when they, when the brain perceives the environment as safe. And, and sort of ready for you know, growth and restoration, that's when we can heal. So many people are living in a state where their body is not in safe, where it's in threat, high alert. 90% of disease is because we're not giving ourselves that state of safety. 10% is because we're repeatedly bombarding ourselves with disease-promoting behaviors. So if we keep eating unhealthy foods, that's going to keep us in a state of chronic disease. But if we also don't create an environment where our nervous system has these cues of safety, we will not be able to actively heal. We will stay in that disease state. I think that's what people don't understand. And that's where connection is so important. That's why the data is just starting to come out where connection supports physical health and healing. And when we're disconnected and now more than ever, we are disconnected. When you are disconnected, your body goes into a state of high alert and threat
0: it sounds like me today <laughs> it's been it's been quite a long day and lots going on um how can people you know get out of that rut then because it is so hard to make changes isn't it you know even even if you are already you know eating a whole food plant-based diet which as we know the vast majority of people aren't obviously you know most of our listeners are or are certainly transitioning but you know, how, how can we make like change those habits and and keep going with them?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is we got to just don't, you know, don't just do something, stand there, right? Like it's the opposite of don't just stand there, do something, right? We say people don't just do something, stand there, right? Because we're so used to what do we do? What do we do next? Right. And what is going to stimulate a sense of actually inner peace and, and safety most effectively and quickly is to do that self-connection and a lot of people don't aren't they're one they're not taught how to do it so when you have an unpleasant feeling our instinct is to make it go away by either trying to do something or control somebody else both of those are really tragic strategy what we want you to do is connect to the feeling which takes a little bit of practice and learning how to do that we talk about that in the book wellness to wonderful And just by connecting to your feelings and the unmet needs, you're gonna start stimulating a sense of inner peace. And then through that, naturally giving yourself a few minutes even, what to do will start to bubble up versus what I gotta do, I gotta make that go away. That urgency, that intensity keeps you in a state of threat. So we wanna, if there was one thing to do, I would say is to make space. So to stop scheduling ourselves in a way that requires us to live like, you know, minute to minute, you know, there's a bomb that's about to go off if I don't do seven different things at the same time. If I'm not texting and driving and talking on the phone and talking to my kids at the same time, I should be doing more, right? And even if you do less right now, you're actually doing more because you're going to be more effective. And then through that, you're going to start to shift inside. That's the first step and it sounds like a little fluffy maybe to some people, but once you do it, it really does make a big difference.
1: I absolutely completely resonate with that. And that's where the pillars really start with the self. There is a need for self-connection, a need to come back in internally internally to find that intrinsic motivation, to connect to that intrinsic motivation. We are so externally driven by what we should be doing, what we're expected to be doing. Um, and, and so we remain in that state of disconnection, which, as Matt mentioned, is a state of threat. And in that threat is inflammation. And in that inflammation and chronically, It leads to disease, those same diseases that we're dealing with now, diabetes and heart disease and autoimmune conditions and and all of that. And so we really need to start associating that internal self-care and that self-connection with uh, reaching optimal health, just like we associate diet, just like we do exercise, just like we know sleep is important for your health. It really
2: is crucial right what's what's interesting is that your body from a sort of the nervous system and all the chemicals and you know neurotransmitters and hormones everything that's flowing through it the same reactions the same neurochemical reactions happen whether it's a physical threat or an emotional or spiritual threat so if you get hit with a virus or you cut your hand you're going to have the same pro-inflammatory response as if you are disconnected and having emotional or spiritual or mental threats, right? So that's really important for people to understand. It's the same, it's it's identical. You can't even tell the difference at a cellular level. So knowing that, because there's people that will say, oh, just tell me what to eat. I don't want to hear about this connection stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's fine because we don't want to force it on them if they're not ready, but they will never achieve, and I can confidently say this, they will never achieve a state of optimum health And life is wonderful until they do this work. And And they they
1: won't necessarily even eat what you tell them to eat. So many people know exactly what they need to eat. Why aren't they doing it? Right? That's the key. It's not that you don't know. You know you need sleep. And you know you need movement. And you know you need a healthy diet. But there are the obstacles that are preventing you from doing that. And that's the layer that needs to be addressed. Not Mm -hmm. tell me give me more information. The information is out there and we know. It's the tapping into yourself to get you to really connect to why you want to eat healthy, you want to move, you want to play, you want to be, you know, that is the key. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have time for that. But really, you don't have time not to do that. Mm. Because otherwise, we're, you're just heading down to chronic disease. So it's either we invest and take the time to invest in our wellness or we take the time to invest in our disease and a lot of people are choosing to invest in their disease instead of invest in their wellness it's Mm -hmm. the same amount of time consumption the same amount of energy spend and it's a much more tragic life to be living
2: and and i'd say initially it's the same amount of time but i would say if you invest in your wellness it gets Less and less, it's easier, more efficient over time. If you're investing in your disease, you get sicker, 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 and you have to spend more time. That's true. So I think you actually, over the long run, spend more time if you wait and choose to kick the can down the road and invest in your only in your disease. Mm.
0: Do you think we'll see a move away from sort of Western medicine, you know... Th- the norm that we've created now with, you know, you go to the doctors with a problem, they give you a pill, you take it for the rest of your life, you take other pills to combat the side effects of that pill. And, <laughs> you know, by the time you're 80, you're on about 20 different <laughs> um, types of medication. Do you, do you sort of can you, you know, because it's hard to imagine anyone going to the doctor and being told to go and, you know, to sort of center themselves, isn't it? It's, can you imagine if it did happen, it would it could really transform yeah, well, everything.
1: Yeah, I think that is what I'm looking forward to is an evolution of medicine. You know, there are uh, numerous doctors who prash, practice now nutrition and lifestyle medicine who will give you that advice. And now, you know, Matt and I are really excited about the introduction of nutrition, lifestyle, and connection medicine, really bridging those three components together. And how wonderful would it be if medicine evolved? in a way that supported that throughout, whether you call it Western medicine, Eastern medicine, whatever it is.
2: Right, because there's a lot of wonderful things that Western medicine can do, but it's not equipped to handle a lot of the problems that are behind chronic disease. Mm -hmm. That's where it struggles, and people are going to doctors that themselves need help and themselves need to have an awareness and some education around chronic disease, so they can't can't help them in the way that that, for example, we can when, when you go to a conventional doctor, they start by asking you what's wrong. When you go to us, we start by asking, what does right look like? Mm. Right? You have to, you have to flip. I mean, it's just a totally different paradigm. And then through that, we address all the things that are wrong. But all the things that are wrong are just sig- signals, just like unpleasant feelings are signals that needs aren't being met there's all these health issues that are signals from your body saying you're doing something that isn't aligning with what I need to be doing. And that can be, and that's where the nine pillars come in. Hmm. Right. So it's, um, it's really powerful. It's really effective, but people have to be willing to think outside the box. Sort of like when we started the nutrition, you know, 20 years ago, you know, what do you, this idea that diet affects chronic disease was unheard of.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. But now it's everybody knows that. Well, 20 years from now, everybody's going to say, of course, connection affects disease. (laughs) Right now, you want to get in early, you know, jump in early like we did with nutrition and life with nutrition (laughs) way back when.
0: Yeah. God, it's really um, sort of life changing stuff, isn't it? I feel like I've had a counseling session. I'm like, (laughs) right, I need to go get centered Um, because I, you know, I'm definitely that sort of person I've um you know I adopted a sort of mainly whole food plant-based diet um about five or six years ago but I do have an awful lot of stress I have a stressful job and I know I'm not managing everything properly you know um and I, I you do sort of find that you don't feel okay quite a lot of the time and you're thinking you know what am I doing wrong but it's stripping things back isn't it if If people are, you know, say they do have a chronic illness and they are on, you know, long term medication, how do you get to the point where you can come off of that? Because I know that's the goal for a lot of people. They don't want to be taking all these tablets. They want to heal themselves naturally and they might start to do some of these things, you know, the nine pillars and introduce them and really sort of work, put the work in.
2: Well, it depends on the health issue, obviously, but it's as you heal. Right, you only take medication if you're sick. Mm-hmm. So once you're healed, you don't need the medication becomes unnecessary. So that's my feel. And then there's certain people that you know have waited so long where certain medications the benefits might outweigh the risks. But we talk about that. We talk about the benefits. We talk about the risks. There's data, and rarely is there data looking at people taking medication for twenty or thirty years. I, I mean that's mm-hmm. really unheard of, right? They do randomized controlled trials for years if you're lucky. So the idea of taking the stress to your life is really a discussion between you and your doctor to decide what makes the most sense and hope that you're doing more benefit than harm. But anytime you put a pill in your body, there's side effects. Mm. So you have to make that decision. You have to decide what works for you and you have to make a choice. But that's, again, starting to connect to yourself and helping you identify what aligns with your values versus letting other people outside of you tell you what's right for you. Mm -hmm. That internal alignment will direct you right? That just like um, people are so busy, they choose to schedule themselves in a way that mobilizes their nervous system. And they're so busy, they don't even connect to, hey, am I tired right now? Mm. All they'll say is I need coffee, (laughs) right? If we're lucky, that's the closest they come, right? So your body will tell you all of these things. Your body will say, hey, I'm tired, I need sleep. But you have to make space to listen. If every free second, you're doing something or you're checking your phone or you're swiping up and down on something. You can't, your body's like, is anybody listening? Mm -hmm. Nobody's out there, right? So the first thing I do when I'm trying, and I struggle, right? My big thing right now is sort of that intensity of like, I love to do a lot of stuff and I want to just get, you know, more, more, more. I totally overschedule myself, right? And I'm always checking and trying to be efficient because I can do a lot of things. And I'm like, well, if I just check these emails, that'll make more time tomorrow, I'll be able to do more. I could do more and more and more. So the first thing I did was I created boundaries around when I'm going to use my device, right? So for me, that was really helpful strategy to meet the need to sort of regulate the nervous system. That's a huge need, regulation of the nervous system. And to make space so that I could check in and align with what my value, get that clarity, that self-connection is another need. So I needed to regulate the nervous system and self-connect and then get clarity around what my body is wanting to do in that moment. And what was interesting is my body naturally wants to do things at times. It's not like I'm gonna sit on the couch and watch Netflix for the rest of my life and do nothing. Right? My body wants to do things, but it wants to do things in a healthy, life-serving way. So I the first thing I did was make space to regulate and self-connect and get clarity. Right. And that means I can't fill every moment, you know, with using using the phone Mm. now some people will start say oh my god you're going to take away my lifeline to the right so if that happens the first thing you know is you got a problem right because whoa anytime if if i say hey you know you got to stop eating bananas and your health will improve dramatically you'll say oh i like bananas but i'll give it a shot but if i say to someone you got to stop eating cheese to improve your health whoa whoa don't touch my (laughs) cheese right so then you know you're that's more than just i like it Mm. when you have that addictive connection to something it doesn't mean to stop it. Addiction is trying to meet needs as well. Everything we do is trying to meet needs. But you want to become aware of it and not lie to yourself that it's just because you like it. There's other stuff going on. So when I'm addicted to my device, I want to work through that and meet my needs in a way that's more effective and less costly to my health. Mm. That's the that's the that's the road. It's not about everybody's got to do this tonight. Everybody who's listening, you gotta only use your device from 7 p.m. or you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and every time you No, because again, you're looking external. I'm telling you what to do. I want you to build that internal connection.
1: Just to go back, um, just real quick to that question that you asked about medications. When you start adopting this lifestyle, um, working with your uh, primary provider or physician is really important because you will see dramatic effects pretty quickly. Um, and, and so the idea is that as, like Matt said, as you get healthier, you will be lowering doses of medications or for a lot of people getting off them completely. And so you want to be aware of that as a, you know, great news that's coming down the pipeline, but it comes down the pipeline pretty quickly.
0: Mm. Oh, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed chatting to you guys. It's, <laughs> it's been amazing. And um, yeah, our listeners can um, find the link to Wellness to Wonderful in our show notes. And of course, our link to We Heal as well because there's all the free resources on there and they can connect with you there. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, hopefully lots of our listeners will benefit from your advice because I know I will. <laughs>
2: oh, thank you. Oh, thank
0: you so much.
2: Thank you. And the website, just so people know, is weheal.health so they can get there and yeah we we love helping people i really enjoyed talking with you i love your your openness right to me that if you're open and willing to explore and just jump in and see what happens Mm. that's when magical things start to occur
0: thanks for listening today and i hope that alona and matthew have inspired you like they've inspired me I'm off on holiday now for 10 days, so there's no episodes next week. I'm sorry, but please do use the time to catch up on any old episodes that you might have missed, and we'll see you very soon.